Hau, ya le apetuki, atarku iwungu lako pikiti lakotia. Hoyunka ya lakolia togakangsha emachep. And my English name is uh, Manny Arnhawk. I'm uh, 60 years old, 60 winters long, and we're here in uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. Hello. My name is Claudia Arnhawk. I'm 18, and I'm here with my dad. Today, um, we um, decided and... and um, to talk about Lakota language uh, revitalization. We are um, maybe a generation away to uh, not lose it, but a generation away from revitalizing it with our um, young people. Lakota language is at a crossroads. Many fluent speakers are leaving, and there are some second language learners that are uh, coming up. They are going to be the ones to save our language. I grew up on Cheyenne River in a community on the west side called Red Scaffold. And I grew up around the language. And, of course, I picked up words when I was younger, but I wasn't taught it. I mean, like, I didn't hear it at home. And a lot of that has to do with what our parents and our grandparents experienced from boarding schools and day-to-day life and how harmful things in like past history where we weren't able to speak it in schools or at home or practice our culture made it more like about assimilation and because of that it's a big reason why our language is not what it used to be like there's no one who speaks it 20 year olds or 30 year olds there's like no one who can speak it Anyone over 50 are the only people who speak the language. And that's really sad. And growing up on the reservation and, you know, always being able to hear your grandparents speak something or your aunties or your uncles. And for me, my dad, and not being able to understand that was a really hurtful thing. I mean, it was painful because, you know, like, I feel like a lot of Native people can relate to this it's like you live in two worlds and sometimes it feels like you can't fully claim one side of that world as I grew up I kind of dealt with a lot of anxiety and depression but once I was able to kind of work through that and participate more in my culture like cultural practices like Inipi or Sundance it really helped me and it's sad for me to see, honestly, like how many kids on the res don't even want to be a part of it. They don't want to learn. And it's just so sad to me because throughout all these generations, even when we were living a more nomadic lifestyle, our grandparents and our ancestors, they always thought of us. They're always thinking of the future generations and the generations after that. Once I was able to practice more of my culture and to finally get out of a bad situation, it helped me find like what I'm really passionate about and what I think is important. And that's, for me personally, is the Lakota language. I went to school, graduated high school, and I went to college in my community of Red Scapel. My dad talked to me about what I, what I wanted to do, being he was a veteran. He was my first hero when I was growing up. He talked about career, what I want to do. 
One of my uncles talked about alcohol, and he said, I drink this, but you don't drink it. It's not good. And at first I didn't listen, you know. <laughs> we all learned, so I knew what he was talking about. And my uh, other uncle, he said, um, what you're doing is good. He said, you're going to school. You continue that path. So I said, okay. He said, go and finish. And someday uh, your own people are going to depend on you. Uh, my other uncle talked to me about, who are you? He said, it caught me off guard like because I didn't know what he was talking about. And these conversations were all in Lakota language. And so wherever you go, he said, you need to know who you are. And you always be that man. You always be that Lakota Titoa man. These four uh, individuals uh, played a, a important imp They impacted me. So I went to school and I fell down, but I got myself up. So I did it, and then one day I finished. The other part is there's a term called historical trauma, and uh, that greatly influenced our family. My mother was a descendant of the Wounded Knee Massacre of 1890. And then my mother had her grandma's account of that story. On my English name, I'm named after my grandpa, and his name was Claude um, Adolf Ironhawk, uh, his English name. And my Lakota name is Tawopi Washtewi, and that means good, wounded woman. And that goes back to my grandpa also, because my grandpa was in World War II, and it was because of a wound that he got that he was sent back home. And so... In that sense, it was a good wound that he got. And so he decided to name his daughter that, which was my auntie. And that auntie died in the 90s. In Lakota culture, if you get named after someone, you always have to try and live up to that name. Yeah, I carry that name with great respect. Claudia, uh, she went through um, what's called a womanhood ceremony. And uh, I thought that was uh, pretty awesome. If anyone, you know, hears this, just try and be connected with who you are. And, you know, it's just really important today that we continue with preserving our language and our culture. This one woman told me, like, even if your voice wavers, if you have something to say or you have a message, just say it anyway, because it'll come from the heart.